weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. All right, now I'm here with Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. Hello. We have a couple books this week, some endings, and then some other books that just go. We have a beginning of a story with Hulk, though, but we're going to start with New Fantastic Four, which is ending a book that me and you really like. We actually were very impressed. It kind of started getting a little wonky at, at points, but we still liked it. It was fun. Yeah, and it's a fun diversion. On. It is completely light. It's like a soap bubble, right? It, it's kind of fun. It's pretty. It pops and it's gone. You, this is not nothing that has any relevance to anything else. But yeah, this was fun. Yeah. And if you didn't know it, it takes place in between some issues that Peter David did before with this new Fantastic Four team. So you get a fun team. You get something going on. By the end of this, I don't know the idea of going forward with possibly Father Priest being the point of view character, maybe as we go through a Peter David verse of back in the day. I, I don't know that I need more. Yeah, I, I needed to get rid of him. I don't think we're actually going to see him again, but it was a fine little tag. You know, you end up if that's the play of like going from here to there, I would like him to kind of disappear. He really yeah. didn't end I, up I don't panning know if we out. need overpowered demon priest running around through all our books. Not at all, but give us the credits and we'll jump into it. This is New Fantastic Four number five, Hell in a Handbasket, Conclusion. Written by Peter David, art by Alan Robinson, colors by Mike Spicer, and letters, again, by VC's Joe Caramagna, who's having a big week. Yes, yes, he's on almost everything. Seems that way. But with this, when we get into it, I don't know. You end this, and I didn't... It's hard to get a solid, solid ending because you're going to end it, and you're going to go on, you know, normal continuity stories that happened before, so you're kind of wedging it in here. I kind of wanted a little more satisfying ending by the end of this. This was a little yeah, bit of a letdown. Even the, even the characters don't seem to know, well, what was the plan again? What was actually going on? Even the bad guys were like, I don't know. He just wanted to do a thing. I was never on board with that. Yeah, and in that, we don't even get the scissor chief that we wanted to see. I, I thought we were going to at least get to that and go, oh, my God. They but mentioned yeah. scissor G, but it just kind of comes and goes. And, and they mention it as goes. a joke then, like, oh, man, uh, you end up where Mephisto's like, yeah, there goes another scissor down yeah, like like any weird thing happens, oh, you know, Syzygy. Yeah, remember before he said that he didn't quite know it was coming, so it took him by surprise. Now he's just like, eh, and then you end up with this crazy plan. What a waste plan. of a good Syzygy. Yeah, yeah. really, and you can't <laughs> waste Syzygy. Uh, I saw yesterday there was something quite like that being trending on the Twitter, but it wasn't Syzygy, I'll tell you. But in that, I'll tell you what it is later if you don't know. So in that, you end up getting a weird thing that you're centering on something that wasn't part of the story. The idea that you have, you know, centering in there, giant devil and everybody's, you know, losing their mind. All this. Yeah. So we have this, this character show up on the very last page of issue number four, this giant demon thing. And it turns out all our other villain characters are Asmodeus, our Mephisto. They weren't really any big deal. It was all about as this uh, uh, Saturnine. Saturnine, yeah. An overused name in the Marvel Universe, but that's okay. He, he just thought this Syzygy would be a good time to show up and you know claim some souls for hell. Yeah, and the big play of him is not even really, in my mind, dealing with Syzygy shows up. And he wants everybody to panic. They end up trampling each other in sin, and then they go to hell. That seems to be the case. Right. His thing is, his thing is to be passive, which is not an exciting play for a superhero villain. His thing is, if I attack them, well, then I'm the bad guy. They're victims, and I guess that means they go to heaven. Yeah, or they go to limbo, whatever it would be. 
I don't know that I buy his moral reasoning here, because, I mean, if a giant demon shows up, makes people freak out and trample each other, it's still kind of the giant demon's fault, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know how much sin... I mean, I guess it's like you're only caring about yourself and not others. I yeah, don't know like how the, people judge, Like if you're but... on the Titanic and you push a, a, a woman out of the and way to get a spark on like, the... Yeah. Or like, I'm a lady! Right. Like that Like that might be a little more sus. If you're Billy Zane, you're probably going to exactly. hell. But in that... And we mean actual Billy Zane, by the yeah, way. Yeah, really, exactly. Screw that guy. He, he's going to hell mainly because he, knows he, never what he, got, did. he never got to play Lex Luthor like Eric Shea wanted him <laughs> to. So in the... I don't get the idea that there's going to be people panicking, yes, but they're panicking. It's, it's such a weird ending to what was set up and not set up in Some the story. Some books you can tell were written... I have this big plan, and I'm going to flesh it out along the way. This book was clearly written. I want to have these characters do wacky stuff with each other, and I'm, I'll come up with something by the end. Yeah, It'll I'll be come fine. up at the end. It, it felt like that. Like, yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. At the end, we'll figure And in that, you even have, like, say, the Fantastic Four Greed. You have Sue, and it, it, they seem like they don't even know why they're in the book. They're just kind of there <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? And you end up having a little bit more revealed, not really revealed, uh, of, of John, Mr. Priest there, John Priest. But is it John Priest? What is his actual first name? Now I'm thinking of John oh, uh, Shade. We'll just go by Father Priest. We just go by. Uh, in that, though, he ends up like, okay, I'm yeah, accepting my deal. Yeah, I'm accepting Johnny my deal. Priest. And, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to do this. But we already know the rules. He can't wish any sort of demonic or spiritual thing to do what he wants. So instead, I yeah, thought he, he was just trying gonna... that anyway, which is dumb. And all our fire-based characters keep shooting fire at the demon creatures, which we'll is keep dumb. saying, what, are you stupid? Yeah, you're stupid. So, And all that is is just a waste of time. <laughs> because then at the point where- Just to make it look- I mean, it looks cool when Johnny shoots fire at the demon, and that's fine. Yeah, and in that, you get an eight is enough joke, and I'm like, I, I get the time period. Yeah, we get eight is enough joke and a Penn and Teller in Vegas joke. Yeah, yeah. At least the Penn and Teller might- might be a little more timely than ages enough. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, so you end up there where you have the play is okay, since you have the priest who ends up, he can't control the demons, so you control the people. I just thought he was going to have the people calm down and walk away, but instead he has them laugh at the end, and he starts doing stand-up. Yeah, the whole possession thing, just, okay, we're done with that now. Yeah, and I love just the idea, hey, everybody, look, I'm going to make you laugh at this demon, who then why, ends up Why did they do small. the possession? Because Mephisto just showed up and made a hellquake happen, and then big old demon shows up. So what was the whole possession thing even about? Yeah, I don't, I don't even I don't know. I, I, and really, this was all this plan. And even at the end, Mephisto's like, eh, I kind of went with him for little chuckles. But his plan of getting people to hell, I guess, didn't work out. I'm out. And, and really, it just ends in a way you're like, there's a, a funny bit where, where Ghost Rider and Saturnine know each other going way back. and Yeah, yeah. It was funny where I thought they were going to be like, okay, like, I hate you, but hey, what's up, whatever. And then he just squishes them like, oh, poor Saturnine. And then with that all going down, you have a little wink, wink with Mephisto. He says, hey, I like this, you know, Sin City here. Vegas seems pretty cool. I think I'll mm-hmm. come back here. And he does. And he ends up, that's where he sets up a base at one point, even more recently. And then he just disappears. And I'm like, all right, he went. We didn't even get to the Sisergy. 
And you end up where then other priesties, where'd he go? Oh, I don't know. And then he's just hitchhiking like, you know, Banner in the Hulk TV show. Yeah, but the the, the little plan that Spider-Man has, which we knew that Father Priest powers was going to be the key somehow, right? That had to be part of the key. And he says, well, you can't directly affect the villains, but he, he laughs at the giant demon and then says, I wish that all you other people would also see how pathetic and hilarious this guy is. And then that makes, they all start laughing at him, and that makes the demons shrink. And I swear I saw this in a Looney Tunes comic or cartoon once. Little Daffy, it looks like a very Daffy Duck. Can you imagine yeah, a little yeah. ranting Daffy Duck as he shrinks with a little squeaky voice? Thinking of He's the, squeaky have the squeaky voice, voice. the whole oh, yeah. time. Yeah, so with that, he gets squished. He gets squished by the end. Ghost Rider, and then he ends up disappearing. Father Priest disappears, and then he's hitchhiking. And, you know, Damon Hellstrom picks him up and says, hey, let's get into yeah, some trouble. He's not quite a, a half-brother, but he's also kind of a son of a demon, a devil. So, all right. Yeah, so they're off to do their deal, and we'll see. And it says the end for now. And yeah, I, we'll I, I see how that end. continues. I'm pretty sure so, it's the end. Yeah, I don't know. They keep loving to give, you know, Peter David these books. So maybe he's going to go and, okay, I can do something between this story. And I, I don't know how he'd play it, but I hope that we don't see Father Priest ever again. He's really not that interesting overall. So I, I don't know. The art he's remains a, He's a good enough good. one-time character, but we don't need him in an ongoing. Yeah, and the art, the art was pretty good throughout. Uh, this whole series, but this was kind of uh, it, it ended in a way like, yeah, we didn't really need to read this, but I, I didn't mind our time reading it. We had a couple laughs and whatnot, Absolutely. but it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but uh, what would you give it? It's fun, but fluffy, looks fantastic. No no plot, an excuse for these characters to get together and have a good time, which to me, that equals a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a 7. I'm just a, a solid 7. And again, I wanted to have, we started out with a little more fun with the characters, and then you got caught up in this meandering, convoluted plan that just ends up with, I mean, you mentioned Syzygy so much, and we don't seem to even get to the point, but with that, we'll go to the next book, which is a book that has been delayed. Uh, things, all of Donny Kate's stuff seems to have been very delayed, even having other writers come in and help out and whatnot. But this is the Hulk number nine, and it is Hulk Planet Part One by Donny Cates and art by Ryan Otley, ink by Cliff Rathburn, and colors by Marte Garcia and Matt Hollinsworth, letters VCs Corey Petit. And after Hulk was accused of murdering a bar full of patrons in El Paso, Texas, Thor set out to apprehend him, leading to an all-out brawl between them in the far depths of space. During that battle, Bruce Banner confided in the truth of the events in the bar that night. A mysterious dark force called Titan had seized control and used Bruce's body to commit the horrific attack. Eventually, both Thor and Hulk understood that the Hulk could no longer be welcome on Earth. Thor said goodbye to his friend and teammate and told the world that the Hulk had perished in their explosive battle. And Starship Hulk flew off to the far reaches of space, seeking peace and solitude. And we start out in therapy session of the mind, which is, looks like one of the worst therapy sessions I've ever seen in my entire life. I do like that you have a apple on the top of Banner's head, even though nobody's hitting that apple. He ends up getting it in the shoulder. Yeah, I guess it's good that they are leaning into the whole Banner splitting up his mind into all these different facets. It turns out he created a Doc Samson protocol 
And the idea is he has to go to therapy for two hours every day or Doc Sampson protocol will lock him out of the control room. Which, how is, how is that going to work? Like, you're in a big fight. I don't fight, think it's really going to work. Protecting, <laughs> like, some innocence and then, uh-oh, out of time, I got to stop. I could just imagine there's the Bruce, which is, like, kind of the, the main Bruce, Captain Bruce mm-hmm. here. And he ends up where he's at the therapy session and Doc Sampson protocol says, I don't think that I'm going to let you go back today. You're a little off. I'm like, He's just going to press a button. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, what would happen? Does it does Hulk go catatonic, or does I, I the know. autopilot other pieces of Bruce kind of take Maybe over? Maybe they keep going because there is a whole crew. If they, you are, they seem autonomous. Yeah, yeah. If you are like Stork, you'll get a kick out of it. Pretty much being Star Trek as he goes, even <laughs> with that sexy seating that he has on on the main chair. I'm like, oh my goodness, look at him. But it's okay. I mean, it's nothing that is going to bend your mind here. You know. It's another, like like usual, it's a super quick read. And we get this extended backstory of, yeah, we know he had a really tough home life, got beat up by his dad. But we learn he had a friend, LJ, and his friend would let him visit. And his friend has kind of a hot mom who brings some snacks over. So that's nice. And they don't and, hit him. That's a plus, right? Yeah, He's right like, there. I go to the house. They don't beat me up. And don't ridicule me. It's really nice there. I guess maybe this LJ, maybe this LJ will be one of the things because they say what happened. Oh, I don't know. We learned so much about LJ. I can't imagine that we're just. You would think it would be like one of those talk him off a bridge type of situations where they end up getting this LJ. But I don't know the way that Banner's life ends up being. LJ probably turned into a piece of crap. He'll probably show up and, <laughs> and be a real slime ball. But we'll have to, see. We'll have to villain, see what's yeah. going on. I actually thought that the play was, and just to, you know, break my heart, that, oh, LJ died. Like, oh, the best person ever, and he died. But he says, I don't know what's happening, and I think that's the setup, too. Okay, we'll probably get him at some point, maybe trying to help Bruce uh, kind of put himself back together. Because at this point, the one thing that I do like, and I haven't been a huge fan of this whole book, and I see a lot of people had been bailing, and now a delay. I mean, this is tough. But I do like seeing him pretty much like every issue we get or every arc, he's splitting himself into more and more and more. And where yeah. do you get to the breaking point here where there's like a dozen versions of him on the con- on the control deck now on that control deck? Like he split up so many times. I wonder what like the one guy is. Does he just know one thing like, he knows like six words and just keeps pressing a button or something? Because how many are there going to be? But they are there. And it's kind of a, a funny play here where. He even like bumps into one of his ensign banner. And I think that he likes to be called captain and in control. I think that this is the main deal where he, you know, and I like the idea too. And again, me and you have argued about this book because I haven't really liked it as a lot. And the idea of the Starship Hulk is, but I like when Samson actually, Doc Samson, the protocol Doc Samson is questioning him about the Starship Hulk. He's like, really? You have your it is this and this crazy spaceship? And I thought that was pretty fun because you get the idea that he, you know, he knows how wacky it is and stuff like that. But he goes on the bridge. Not much happens in this issue. I mean, legitimately, these issues are so quick, like you said, to read. Yeah, this is a four-minute read. That it's one of those at the end, do you feel like you've gotten enough? Like, the idea of writing for trade is one thing. This doesn't feel quite like that. This just feels like you just don't have a lot to go with. So we're going to have a little bit of fun, a little bit of jokes. And then at the end, boom, we'll have the big Big play because they end up being drawn towards. And, that you know, they're in the bleed, whatever the deal may be. They're going off to the edge of the multiverse and they end up seeing this bleed of gamma that they follow. And you end up going down and it gives you little... I don't know. It gives me a little maestro 
feel in it when yeah, he goes down bistro. on this I mean, it's, planet. it's called Hulk Planet, so clearly it's you want to think of Planet Hulk. Yeah, it's weird. When you there. see this huge tower with just this Hulk statue and stuff like that, you're like, okay, this could be kind of interesting. But in that, you end up him on this planet. He's there walking. He gets attacked by these horrific zombie-looking things. And the art is really good in this. The art continues to be really Absolutely. good. And this is Ryan Otley's final arc on no, this title. Stinks, so. But yeah, this looks really good. But he's really been one of the big draws, at least, at least for me. You know, we have all this crazy... You know, the engine room stuff and just the, the nutty Hulk things. It looks so good with the Ryan Oddly art that I don't know if it'll hold up with a not quite that level artist on it. When we had talked about it, a lot of times I was getting angry and oh, we didn't, and you were centering a lot on, well, it was fun in the art and it was allowing Ryan Otley. We said the whole engine room was like, hey, uh, Ryan, what do you want to draw? You yeah, want to draw some cool Marvel, yeah. Marvel zombies? All right, here we go. You want to do that? All right. And it did look great. I just started to get a little bit, you know, bored of it with no story. Again, at the end of this, this seems like, okay, this could be interesting, but you have to wait until the exact cliffhanger, the last page to get the idea of yeah, like, okay, this will be interesting. It's kind of confusing this planet because he was clearly called there on purpose, but then he's attacked by these monsters, but then this big hulky lady with horns on her head called Monolith says, hey, welcome home. And so what's going on? I don't know. To be continued. Yeah. And so, yeah, these and is this the idea? A lot of times we'll see like gamma zombies or things that didn't quite work out. Is that what's attacking? Them? I don't know. But even in that going on, the one thing that always drives me nuts, especially when you see this tower and then you see Monolith, I, I never can get quite down with the scale of what's going on in the regular panels. Not that it matters, but I'm thinking like this monolith, especially with like almost looks like a city as horns on her. Like, and, and we've seen Starship Hope being huge. So are these zombie things? I, it just It makes me laugh. But by the end, it's just such a quick read that you end up like, all right, we waited this long. And the delays make that even more so the idea of, well, I didn't really get yeah, much and here. looking ahead, the number 10 issue in November. November has been solicited, but then nothing past that. And if there's a December issue, it should have been you know, solicited by now. So I don't know if we're going to have even more delays. Yeah, so maybe that or they're going to get somebody to help him out and whatnot because he's definitely has something going on. I don't know what it is. There's rumors all over the place, mm, but I don't would know. Would not speculate. Yes. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but again, when you have an issue that starts out with, you know, hey, I got abused as a kid, I, I there's not a lot going on, but I still didn't mind it. I wasn't angry. What would you give it? Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. The art looks cool. There's very little story here. It's the same thing we've said over and over in this thing. It's it's fun enough, but I need more. I'm going to call this 6.3 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go seven again. Uh, I want to hit that kiss my grit. We'll, we'll get there. Maybe. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We have one more book. So that's a little hint there. But yeah, I think I'm, I think finally in this, I reversed the play here and I liked it more for the art than I had. And I was like, okay, by the end, this seems cool, but I'm, yeah, I'm the wondering. The concept of all these Bruces on the control deck is fun. Yeah, that was fun. The planet stuff doesn't really do much for me. And maybe because I'm coming in it from such a low space of like, yeah, I'm not really digging this. This I can kind of like, okay, I wrap my head around a little and go with it. So with that, though, we'll go to the last book, which is what, Jason? It is Captain America's Sentinel of Liberty number, what are we, number five? We are at number five, yes. It is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Carmen Carnero, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, surprise, surprise, colors by Nolan Woodard. Steve and Bucky made a plan to disrupt the Outer Circle's game. 
but another star point known only as the Redacted was already on a mission to assassinate Steve. When Steve noticed the Redacted was following him but seemed resistant to spill civilian blood, he appealed to the Redacted's humanity and prompted a change of heart. But is Steve flipping the table on the Sentry game, or has he played right into the Revolution's plans? Well, I guess we'll see. Right now, uh, I saw Gabe reviewed it. I saw you saying, or you at least told me that you actually liked this. I felt like we missed like three issues. I actually had to go back and see that we didn't skip an issue because the idea that, boom, we're already in this fight with this plan. And I didn't quite get exactly what was going on at first. Just this full out attack on yeah, we're this not deal. Suppo- well, we're not supposed to really understand the outer circle yet. And it does jump right into somehow it's Bucky's plan. Like we know that Bucky has been connected to this outer circle in the past. We know that they were kind of controlling him. We find out here that even his the murder of his parents that made him an orphan back you know, in the 1930s or early 40s was all part of that plan. So it's really a big old retcon on Bucky. I don't know if anyone will ever mention this again, but at least in this book, it's a retcon on Bucky. And it is, and he's pissed. The thing that gets me, though, when we get in, I'm like, okay, what does Bucky think about that redacted? What's going on here? What's going on? There's a lot of missing pieces that we Mm -hmm. went from last issue to this, where Steve and redacted just ended up Predator shaking. Next thing you know, they're on full attack on this base and whatnot. Predator has no qualms about just messing up his old uh, his old team stuff just setting it all on fire yeah and it just again this is a straightforward issue of go and attack and get there but i thought man you didn't really set this up with this team and this plan and with bucky yeah, and, and redacted, all this stuff redacted doesn't really have a character he, redacted has has two words of dialogue here he says here now and then he starts blowing stuff up that's all we get out of redacted they go in and it's this huge you know circular shield city that they're gonna go and attack and you end up getting a little bit at the beginning of the talk between this whole circle and you're really centering on the one character because that's the character revolution that's gonna end mm-hmm. up being at the end the rest skedaddle they get the hell yeah, out we of get there. the feeling that there's some dissension in there that it's like that the, the other other characters are like more conservative we want to keep doing what we've always been doing but the revolution says hey well he's the revolution he wants to you know flip things around we even get a little mention that the revolution was the guy who who uh, shot the archduke and kicked off world oh, war yeah, 1 oh yeah yeah he does weird. all that stuff he, they seem to have been you yeah, know this had really their hands retcons the whole marvel universe that oh this was the secret power behind everything forever yeah and again this is something we talked about on the spotlight sometimes things are so big that you just kind of giggle and go all right you already mentioned it you're like right. i don't know if, if anybody's going to deal with this bucky yeah. stuff let alone this other stuff if right this I was mean, really that important this would affect every other book in the marvel universe and no one's going to mention this this isn't going to come up in spider-man and fantastic war and the avengers but in it, I mean, if it was bigger, and say this was an event book, it actually was going, like, you could sit there and start thinking, like, ooh, this probably has something to do with Black Widow. This has something to do with this. Like, a lot of things. Sure. Might, but I don't think people are going to play along at all with this, because even then, you have this play of, hey, we're the circle. We all kind of played together mm-hmm. in the last century. Or but I think we'll do were, things different if now. If this were an indie book not set in a continuing universe, there'd be a cool idea for that. But it's harder to do when something like, you know, the ongoing Marvel U. Yeah. So they go in and you get a lot of fighting. You get a lot of fighting and you have, of course, Steve saying, I told Bucky, we can't kill anybody. These people are just like us, maybe even more like us. Mm-hmm. And they start bashing and it's, people. It's emphasized a couple times that whatever Bucky does, hey, Bucky, I'm going to back your play. You're going to back my play? I will back your play. Be sure you back my play. 
until things get wonky. But you end up even with these like quick things. Hey, look, they're real people. There's a guy and a gal. Hey, listen, we're going to free you. No, I can't. I can't go against the whole deal. My mind will blow up because of this bomb. And you see that redacted takes care of that. That's his big moment where he right. blows up this central so, server yeah, that the, sets that up. All these people, all the real powers in the world know about the outer circle and they send these tithes. So all all your big, you know, your your aims, your hives, your shields, they send some people off to be part of this army and they get, you know, suicide squad type type bombs in them. So they have to I don't know why the redacted wouldn't have brain bomb because he was able to switch sides for no no penalty. Again, <laughs> when they had that shutdown, I thought that we were going to end up seeing something yeah, he takes down the big deal, he blows it up and walks away because he's a badass. He's walking away without looking <laughs> back at the explosion. But all this just, I'm telling you, at this point, I'm like, all right, I get this. It, this really feels like the idea that at issue five, they didn't realize that, they, you know, one of those things, because they write up Marvel and DC and indie stuff. They didn't realize that usually Marvel has five issue trades. Oh, crap, we got to get this done. This just feels like a lot of things being tied up very quickly. It is straightforward, which is a little better mm-hmm. than some of the other things. But these things don't feel like they have any weight for me reading it because of the idea that I'm like, y- you almost end up blinking and you're missing this. Or how did that get set up and why? Like I said, what well, does think of redacted? There's one more issue in this arc and then there's going to be a one shot about the century game players that's going to be coming up in like december i think there's a yeah it's it's a uh, captain america and winter soldier special this book is not selling now it's it's actually failing as much as the other cap book so i wonder what's going to be the big play overall here it's interesting by the end though because they end up tracking down this revolution who's the only one left he does a slow clap and says all right mr barnes you i knew you'd come here and then really pretty much monologues about all the mm-hmm. things that you said. Hey, you know, I was there and killed your mom and I had your parents and all this. We find out Bucky. that Bucky learned about this from that file that he found in Wilson Fisk's office in that wacky tie into Devil's Reign of all things, which I, I thought that was a, a cool, tiny little moment because I love that tie in. Yeah. And so at the end here, we get about six pages of Bucky saying, I'm going to kill this guy. And then Steve's saying, no, you can't. Now, like you said, I got your play until I don't have your play. Right. So is that, like, is that a wink wink that they this is still him backing Bucky's play? But I don't know. His play is to take his own gun and shoot through Steve into yeah, the revolution. Yeah, I don't think this is the play. And Steve really looks like he's like, no, don't do this. It's and, a real shoot the hostages moment. Yeah, really. And he shoots through Steve to get to this guy because, again, this is the guy who ruined his entire life. So he wants to kill him. Steve's like, we're better than this. But he's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to kill this guy (laughs) and ends up, you know, killing him. Well, at least shoots him and Steve. And then to be continued, that's a hell of a cliffhanger. I mean, that's something you're like, oh, crap, I got to see what's going on here and see how this affects everything and what's, you know, really at play. But like I said, it's it's straightforward. You have Cap go in. It, It feels like, again, you could end up, I could change this and say, okay, Red Skull at the end. Nazis throughout all this, and it wouldn't change. They just go through beating the crap out of people, you know, yeah, doing they, this. And they get really the like end. their their high concept, their Council of Owls, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their outer it's circle. It's just what it is there, and they're going through. And again, it's all these innocents that have been made to do this stuff. So you end up freeing them, just like again, prisoners of war in World War Two. It's very similar. And then at the end, you have a chance to kill this guy. And Steve says, we don't do that. And Bucky, you know, he's a little bit more hardcore. 
and Schuster Steve to get to him. So we have that. I like you said, I don't know that this wouldn't have been. It, it doesn't seem like it's the plan, but Bucky shooting through Steve again. You'll have Steve say, Bucky knows where to shoot. And he knew he'd miss this. And he only shot me in the it's still getting shot. There'll be some revelation in the next issue about what they what they planned here. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how the play is and, you know, how this even ties to Peggy and that sort of thing that was all set up before. But it's OK. Yeah, I had enough fun. Like I said, I see a lot of people not really that hip on any of the Captain America books right now. And it's kind of a shame. But what would you give this? Well, this is by far the better of the two Captain America books, which is not saying a whole hell of a lot, but is true. Uh, I had a good time. I, it's kind of silly. The cliffhanger was fun. It's eh, 7.3 out of 10. Yeah, I'm not going to give a kiss my grit six. I'm Ooh, giving it a seven. Twist. I'm pretty much a seven here uh, on the show. All the books this week, everything, my whole range is like like six and a half to seven and a half. Yeah, There's not a lot of range like here. There is. But what is your book of the week? Uh, I have a couple ties, but I think my book of the week is Spider-Man number one by Dan That Slott. is mine. I actually, on the spotlight, I gave it an eight. That was my highest score so far. So yeah, with that. That is my book of the week as well, but everybody can check out that podcast where we did the Spider-Verse, Edge of Spider-Verse, and the Spider-Man number one, kind of tying all that together and going forward with that. That's at patreon.com slash weirdscience, and go to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics and check out our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can get reviews of these books by Gabe, see what he thinks. He has a little different opinions on some of the things than us, which is good. But with that, we are done here. What do we say at the end, Jason? Have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we will see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.